0: amen welcome to the vineyard we are glad that you are here with us today and we wanted to uh, end out the year with that song i was talking to uh, jesse and i said hey a couple of weeks ago i said hey do you think we can kind of do this it'd be great if you could get a whole bunch of famous people to stand up on stage and sing different parts and she said well we probably could do it with our worship team i don't know about the famous people and i said well hey knock that out and i think they did a great job give them a hand yeah this is where we are. You know, I, I don't know about you, but man, we've come through the Christmas season. We're taking a deep breath. And, and I, I don't know if it's in social media, if it's on the news, if it's in the newspapers, those things that people still, you know, every once in a while get. But, you know, I'm just feeling a little run down, feeling a little overwhelmed and wondering. I'm just wondering, when is the trumpet going to blow? I'm literally ending up this year going, you know, Lord, when is the trumpet going to blow? When is enough going to be enough? And uh, I shared with you a couple of weeks ago that um, somebody had posted that song online, and, and I just was sitting in my office listening to it on repeat and just crying. And it's like, you know what? We can make the difference anytime we are ready to get out of our comfort zone and start making a difference. We actually can. We can actually go to our neighbor. We can actually invite a friend. We can actually reach out to somebody different than us and not accuse them and not judge them, but simply share with them an understanding of the love of God in Jesus Christ. We actually have that ability to do that. And so, you know what I was thinking about this morning? I was thinking about, you know, what does it mean for you and I? to realize that we can make a difference. This year has been absolutely phenomenal. It really has. I mean, it, when, I, when I look back at this year, I think, man, great things have happened. And I'm just going to be honest with you. When I look back at this year, I think, man, some garbagey things happened as well. They just did. Uh, I, I don't know about in your life, but I've got a friend who ended up in jail and, and he's going to be prosecuted on drug charges and rightfully so. But it's like, man, What a way to end the year. And now his family's going to have to deal with that and struggle with that. It's like, for some people, the year was just, it's like, please, end this year and get it over with. And so we stand here in 2018. On the one side, we're looking back at everything that God has either brought us through or done to us in a wonderful way. And on the other hand, we're looking forward, saying, if the trumpet doesn't blow, God, we are looking at things to get better and and if we're going to do that it comes to a place of you and I deciding that we're going to be the ones to do it one-to-one each one reach one jesus did not turn christianity into a government office he didn't turn it into a government program he didn't try to institutionalize it as much as we have become this organization jesus said basically each one reach one each one make a difference in somebody else's life as you're traveling along and give them hope and as you and i anticipate 2019 and letting go of 2018 we have to understand that this is going to be about Jesus. Somewhere in here, we are going to say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And when I was thinking about letting go and, and moving forward, or, or the idea of going and coming, or um, looking back to move forward, or however you want to word that just for fun, I was thinking about this scripture in John 13 that Jesus shared. And, and, and he was thinking about moving forward and letting go of the past because he had come here for this specific reason, and he was here in Jerusalem, and he's talking to his disciples, and in John 13, this is what he's saying. Little children, I will be with you a little longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, so you also must love one another. And this is Jesus, and he's at the Passover meal, and he's with his disciples, and I know it's not Easter, But the idea is that he is looking at the next step. And for Jesus, the next step is, uh, it's going to be this crucifixion. But he's he's kind of coming to the wind-up He's having dinner things are coming to this place where he's like I'm going to leave you and there's some things that I need to leave with you I need to give you some instruction. So now I need you to listen up. Okay, we're about to walk out So we're gonna listen up and and if you've got children, it's very much like leaving your children You're going on a date and you're like kids come here mom and dad and I or mom and I are headed out And uh, we're going to go do this. And so this is what we expect. And so you leave this great big list of things that you expect to happen. And, you know, parents, they're kind of ignorant that way. They just are. Do you really think that your kids are going to do that? Because if you, if you set yourself up and you say, well, we gave the children a list of things that they're going to do and we're going to be gone for about three hours. We're going to see a movie. We're going to have a little dinner. When we come back, the house will be all pretty. It'll be vacuumed. The dog will be outside. Um, the children will be in bed. The oldest one will be watching things. It will be great. I mean, we're talking about visions of sugar plums and fairies because that is not what's going to happen. <laughs> not at all, okay? Um, and, but, but we do that. We do that whether we're gone for the weekend or whether we're going for a couple hours we do that what really happens is you shut the door you go out you get in the car you drive down the road and you're not gone 10 minutes And i mean they are hurling things across the rooms at each other they're breaking each other's limbs um they're screaming you're not the boss of me um just all kinds of things are going on and my wife and i learned that if we would like any kind of that vision to even slightly be reflected at the end of our date night, it's best if about a half an hour before we um, get home, we call up and we say, Hey, (laughs) we're on our way home now. And so in that last 25 or 30 minutes, I mean, they are busy as beavers getting the dishes in the dishwasher. And when we walk in the door, they're not like, Hey, how was your date? When you walk in the door, they're like, he didn't do his work. She didn't do what she said. That's why it looks kind of like this, that, and the other thing. And you know, God help us at least once we ended up in the emergency room because they're all laying around on the floor. Gently watching TV like we've been doing this and this is leave it the beaver that show you used to watch when you were a child Papa and 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 the one child has an arm that goes that way <clears throat> You know and we're like what's with John and and they're like, oh, I don't know. He's been complaining about his arm Why would he complain about his arm? I don't know. I guess he just kind of like fell on it a little bit. What happened when he was falling and when he fell on it a little bit? Well, he was jumping over that other child who stuck their leg up and tripped him, and it's like it was chaos. But they're trying to you know lead you into it. One time, my wife and I left a Garth Brooks concert, and she got me tickets for for my birthday. And uh, he was in, at Rupp Arena. And we were so excited. And man, uh, you know, the, the, it had a rocky start to it the evening did because we thought we left our tickets at home. And we, we finally got it all worked out. Concert was pretty good for, you know, Country and Western Concert. I liked Garth Brooks. Um, and, and so we're headed back out to the car. We get in the car and one of our children calls. And, and I'm not lying to you. This is how the conversation goes. Hey, yeah. Hey, you know how when a house burns down but it doesn't burn all the way down? <laughs> This is coming out of the mouth of a 22-year-old, not a two-year-old. And we're like, yeah? Finish the sentence. (laughs) Well, there's no fire. Don't worry. Then why did you start the sentence that way? Well, because the water heater kind of blew up and it flooded the downstairs. That's not fire. (laughs) Well, somebody came over and turned the water off. So, you know, it's like that. That's what's going on with Jesus. Jesus has got his disciples together and he's like, I'm going to leave. This is what was going on. This is what's happened. I'm looking down the barrel of the crucifixion and I need to tell you some things. And this is what he tells them. The most important thing that I can leave with you, Jesus says, is a new commandment. A new one. 613 commandments, but I'm giving you a new one. Love one another as I have loved you you also must love one another one verse 23 words and three times he uses the word love now if you've been here long enough you've probably heard me say that in jewish life and culture if god says something one time that it's important if god says it a second time you had better be paying attention. Goodness sakes, if he says it a third time, he's trying to get a point across to you and you're not getting it. But it is critically important. And God is saying that I am leaving and I need you to love each other. And man, we could say that to our kids when we head out on date night. Where are you going? We're going out on date night. We're going to be gone. How long are you going to be gone? We're going to be gone for about three hours. Three hours. Anything we're supposed to be doing? Yes, I want you to love one another. What exactly does that mean, one another? Who's one another? Am I one or am I the other? I would expect that from my children. You better split the hair for us, Papa, because we want to know which one of these people in this room we have to love. One of them's going to get a broken arm and go to the emergency room. The other that we will care for. It's just the way it is. But Jesus says love. And that's, that's been his theme. He says that you and I are to love our neighbor. He talks to a man one time and he says, listen, you need to love your neighbor. The greatest commandment is to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. And that man wanting to justify himself said, well, who's my neighbor? I'm not going to go down that road right now. You and I know that our neighbor, according to Jesus, is anybody that needs our help. Anybody that could use some encouragement, anybody that could use a meal, anybody that could use their lawn mode, anybody that could use a ride to the grocery, anybody that could use a leg up, anybody that is willing to stop and say, my life needs to change and I need your help. Not will you solve my problems for me, but will you walk with me? That's what we're looking at. And Jesus says, do this. And then he, and he, and he gave an example. But Jesus said, love your neighbor As yourself so Jesus has an expectation that you're gonna love yourself and I don't mean a narcissistic kind of love where it's like it's all about me and you're you're going through life that way And, and listen we do meet people like that they walk into a room and they say here I am everybody here I am rather than walking into a room and saying there you are I'm looking for you they do make life all about themselves but the, 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 the teaching from Jesus is, "Love your neighbor as you love yourself." And He goes into saying, "Hey, nobody ever hated himself, didn't feed himself, didn't take care of himself, and things like that in a very general way. But the bottom line is, how do you feel about yourself? As we end up 2018, how do you feel about yourself? Jesus also challenges you and I to love your enemy. He, he goes on to say, "Bless those that persecute you, Praise for those that despitefully use you. Who's your enemy? Who are you at odds with? What island of misfit did you just have Christmas on? Where where were you that your family members were at it with each other? Or maybe you and your neighbor, or maybe you and... Where have you been that you're in a situation where it's like, man, I'm so mad, and Jesus says, okay, but here's the deal. I need you to love them. A person that got the job the promotion over you the person that got the house that you wanted the person that maybe isn't being kind to you or your kids how on earth are you going to go about fulfilling what jesus said because he said the last thing he said listen i need you to love one another as i have loved you i desperately need you to love one another and does that describe us in the church he said love one another let other people on the outside of the church look inside the church and see how much you love one another. The scripture says, do good to others, especially to those of the household of faith, especially to Christian people. We're supposed to be living an example where our connection, our our, our uh, connection to Jesus Christ that we both share, causes us to love one another so that other people say, How do I get to be a part of that group of people? How do I get to be in with them? And so Jesus is saying, I am leaving. And and when you tell your children, hey, I'm leaving, what's the first thing that comes out of their mouth? Well, where are you going? And that's Peter's response. As Jesus is trying to leave this teaching, as he's trying to say, I need you to love one another. I told you before that I'm leaving. Peter says, Hey, 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 where are you going? Look at this as it continues in John 13. Peter, Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, where are you going? Jesus said, I'm leaving, and I need you to love one another. Peter says, whoa, 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 I stopped listening at your leaving. Where are you going, Lord? And Jesus answered him and said, where I'm going, you can't follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. And Peter said, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay my life down for your sake. And Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow until you've denied me three times. And I'm just going to hang on there for a second, okay? Peter's saying, Lord, I don't care where you go, I'm coming. I don't care what you ask of me, I am all in. This is how it's going to be. Lord, I, you know, just tell me where you're going to go. And Jesus is saying, Peter, in your humanity, you say that now, but when you're put on the spot, you won't live it out. You won't do it. And he's like, no, Lord, I'll do it. And he says, no, you don't understand. You do not understand. You're going to deny me three times, and then you're going to hear the rooster. And then he goes on as it trips over into chapter 14, and he says to his disciples, don't be troubled, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and you know the way. And Thomas said to him, Lord? We don't know where you're going, and then how can we know the way? Thomas is trying to take this all in. And Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus makes this statement. In, in the one hand, in John three sixteen. he says, basically, whosoever will may come. For God so, sent, for God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, that whosoever will may come. And then here Jesus says anybody can come, but you got to come through me. There is no other way. There's no Baha'i. There's no Buddhism. There's no Hinduism. There's no Islam. There's no, I mean, there's none. There's Jesus. There's Jesus alone. There is God and that is it. And when we say that, we mean there is Jesus, the Son of God, Son of Mary, raised by Joseph, Son of Man, Emmanuel, Lamb of God, the Healer of Nations, the better prophet, the better priest, the better sacrifice, for mankind, the author of the new covenant, this is Jesus of Nazareth. That's who this is. There is only one way. God, uh, Jesus said when he was talking to somebody, he said, But anybody that seeks after God, God will bring through me. He'll do that. It's there. And so it's Jesus alone. We believe the scripture. It says in Acts chapter 14, Luke writes, and he says, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name given to man under heaven by which we can, must, shall be saved, depending on which version you're going through. There's only one way. All roads do not lead to heaven. They simply don't. There's just Jesus. But the crazy part is he's not exclusive. He is all-inclusive. The world wants so bad to add things to it, and we do too. I was in a conversation with a young man um, yesterday at the, at the coffee shop. We were just talking talking about his relationship to God and, and what he does and doesn't believe and how he does and doesn't experience God. And, and, and he just continued to talk out the same kind of Christianity that I hear around me all the time. It's Jesus and... It's Jesus and get your hair cut and don't wear long hair. It's Jesus and don't smoke, chew, and date girls that do. It's Jesus and only sing hymns. It's Jesus and only sing praise music. It's Jesus and King James only. It's Jesus and and, and people continue to put and 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 and. If there's no Jesus and and. There's no Jesus and you work harder to get there. There's no Jesus and you try to prove to God that you're worthy. You're not that's why Jesus came and so instead of trying to earn it what we're trying to do is live out our love for Jesus Christ it's not Jesus and my church or Jesus and that church or Jesus and my nation or Jesus and that nation it's Jesus and the grace of God alone then finally it's Jesus for real Obedience is what he means. When he said, love your enemy, he, just, he meant it just as much as he said, no drunkard shall enter the kingdom of heaven. And we've got to get a hold of all of it. Jesus is looking for people that are all in. The Alpha, the Omega, the bright and morning star. He who sits upon the throne is the reason for everything that we do in this vineyard. Somebody said something to me the other day about how we should do this, 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 and this. And it's like, no, you don't get it. That's not what church, church is about Jesus. It's about our relationship to God, period, end of discussion. That's all. We preach Jesus here. Somebody said something about, well, Joe, you should let people do this. It's like, it's not about Joe. It's going to stay about Jesus. The things that we do at this church are not for the name or the word vineyard. We do it as the vineyard because we gather together as the vineyard. But we do it by saying, can I pray for you in Jesus' name? We do it by saying, can I tell you about my Jesus? You know what happened here because of you? Because you chased after Jesus, because you made it about you? Well, watch this. Watch this right here. 2018, we chased after Jesus together. And this is what it looked like. what it looks like for us to chase Jesus out of, going out of 2018. We came out of 2018 with a budget of $692, almost $93,000. And we came in way under budget as far as our spending and stuff goes. And now we're going into 2019 with a budget of approximately $713,000. And we have been, uh, the staff has been, you have been, those of you in volunteer positions spending money have been so very careful with the Lord's money and what we do with it. But our focus continues to be outside of this building. Not how can we be the biggest church in Side, but how can we make the biggest impact for the kingdom of God, for Jesus's name outside? And so we are doing this for Jesus. But as we come to this spot in the service, then we begin to ask, but where are we going? Because that's one of the things that Peter asked Jesus. Jesus said, I am leaving now, but there's something I need to tell you. You need to love each other. And Peter says, but wait, 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 wait. But where are you going, Jesus? And it's incredibly important. It's important for us to remember that Jesus was raised in the shadow of the cross. Jesus was born here as a baby in a manger, but he was raised full well knowing that he was going to Calvary. When he was 12 years old, he was lost from his parents for three days while they were on vacation um, going to one of the annual sacrifices they had to show up with. He stayed back in Jerusalem. He was back there, and for three days he was in the temple as a 12-year-old discussing back and forth theology with the teachers in the synagogue. He knew what he was here for. There was no doubt what was going on. What about you? What about you? Do you know what you're here for? See, because that lets Jesus know who he is. He knows he's the Son of God. He knows he's going to be sacrificed. He knows that beyond a shadow of a doubt. And that lets him know what his mission is. How can I love people as much as I possibly can until that day? Who are you? Jesus was never unaware of who he was or what he was supposed to be doing. Son of God, great I am, sacrificial lamb, and he never, here it comes, pretended to be something that he wasn't. He never pretended to be something that he wasn't. He never acted outside of his identity. When he said he was the son of God, he lived it out in front of us. Is your identity today going into 2019? Is your identity in Christ Jesus? If we're going to be successful. If you are going to be successful in your family, in your career, in in your, your life goals, everybody's not called to quit and go to seminary and become a pastor. Everybody's not called to go out into what we call the mission field, but we are called to understand you live in the mission field. And maybe you want to be an electrician. Maybe you want to be a doctor. Maybe you want to be that. But just understand that's your mission field. And as you're doing that, you go out into it your identity is still not that you're a doctor, not that you're an electrician. You are a child of the king, and therefore you never live outside of that. There's going to be, that's going to be a very important question, I think, for all of us, for Joe Wood, too, this, this year. Do I know who I am? Is my identity in Christ Jesus, or is it being the pastor of the vineyard? Is my identity Pastor Janice's husband, the other children's father, or is it son of God called to lead the church? Will I focus in on that? And then we begin to say, well, then why are we here? Did God send you to this planet? Did he birth you on this planet to create a financial dynasty for yourself? Did, did God send you here because you need to take over a small third world country somewhere and become its dictator? <laughs> he said, well, no, don't think it hasn't happened, Okay. But you've got to begin to ask yourself, what am I on the planet for? Why am I here? What is it, God, that I can be doing in my field of study, in my field of career, with my children, with my spouse, in my family, in my neighbor? Why do I live in the neighborhood that I live in? How can I be doing what you've called me to do there? What is the deal? Jesus lived out the example for you and I to follow, and it's incredibly important. Do you see the purpose of the kingdom of heaven beyond just going to church? Or for you, is going to church enough? I know that Jesus died for me. I believe it. I just want to be an attender, and that's all there is to it. That's what I'm doing. And and then this other thing is where are you going? When the trumpet blows, where are you going? Now listen, I've never been a big fan of, hey, let's go door to door, let's knock on the door. When somebody opens the door, say, hey, how you doing? I'm Joe Wood from the vineyard. If you die today, are you going to heaven or hell? You know, they gotta get, get, they got to get that the whole thing spit out so that they can get you to interact before you shut the door in their face, okay? Because that's usually how I operate. Uh, no, thank you very much, and I shut the door, Okay. But I've never been a big fan of that. But the truth of the matter is, sooner or later, you and I have to ask ourselves that question. We've got to ask ourselves, when I leave this earth, I'm 58 years old, okay? I've got one foot in the grave. I've got another on a banana peel, all right? I'm 58 years old. I've got approximately 22 more years left on this this earth, statistically. What am I going to do with 22 years of life on this planet, okay? And I don't know how many of them are going to be healthy. I'm gonna do the best that I can to keep moving, but I have no guarantee. I have no guarantee that I'm gonna make it home today. But in the meantime, do I know when I leave this planet where it is that I'm that I'm going? And I'll tell you this: anybody that I've ever had that discussion with, they're all going to heaven. All of them are. You know why? Because they're all good people. And if you don't believe them, just ask them. They are. They're good people. Sit down, and they'll start listing all the good things that they've done in their life. They never list the bad things that they've done because I always have to ask, so how much bad have you done to offset that good, and have you done enough good to offset the bad? Because believe it or not, you have just turned it into Jesus and being good. See? And you're counting on being good because that's what you're listing. You're not listing the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ. You're listing the being good doing good things. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do good things. We should do good things because of what Christ did for us, not to earn the favor of what Christ did for us. And so we have to think about that. But honestly, honestly, I, I, I've met very, very, very few people that, that have told me, well, I'm, I'm not going to heaven. I, I, the ones that I do, they're like, well, I'm going to hell. And you're like, is that a good Well, I'm just going to party in hell with the devil, okay? Me and my brothers, we're going to do this. No, you're not. You know, you can party in heaven because you will be with people. But when hell comes around, there's no party going on in hell. They're not collectively together. Because the scripture says in the book of Revelation that even hell, the devil, and his unholy angels will be chained together, and death, will be chained together and cast into the lake of fire. So not only is there hell, but there is also this lake of fire. And they are two different things. And so. Heaven, we're going to hang out, we're going to worship, we're going to have a good time, we're going to fish, we're going to ride motorcycles, we're going to do whatever the Lord has planned for us. I really don't know what it is. I've never been there. Okay, Hell, all by yourself. The Scripture clearly says there will be gnashing of teeth and weeping. I can't get around that. It's Revelation 20 if you need to look that up. And So we're looking at that and it's like, where are you going? A small percentage of people that are actually Jesus' followers, disciples that are obedient, even unto death, according to Jesus' teachings, are going to walk into heaven with Christ. In Matthew 7, it's going to be all about why did you do what you did on this earth? They're going to say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we prophesy? And, and, and didn't we proclaim? Didn't we do these things? And he's going to say, get away from me, I never knew you. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. They did it in the name of Jesus. Those are churchy things to do. But it's about the personal relationship with Jesus that they didn't have. They made it corporate. They made it about just going to church and checking things off. That's in Matthew 7. Jesus shrinks down the crowd that's going to heaven. In Matthew 25, he shrinks it down again and makes it about what you did and did not do for those around you. In Matthew 7, it's why did you do what you do? In Matthew 25, it's what did you do for who while you were on this earth? You had the opportunity to make a difference in the beggar's life. I'm taking one of his parables. At the end of your, your walkway as you left your house and you did nothing. You ignored him. You didn't give him anything to eat. And yet Jesus says uh, to the people, hey, when when I was poor, when you came to the poor man, when I was in jail, you didn't visit me there. When I was naked and needed clothes, you didn't give me clothes. When you didn't do it for the least of these, out of that relationship with me, you didn't do it for me. And so we've got this understanding that we've got to stop and we've got to say, Hey, where am I going when I leave this planet? Because Jesus said, Listen, I'm leaving. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And Peter said, Whoa, where are you going? Why can't I come? I want to come. I want to come right now. But God had work for Peter. He had things for Peter to do. And so it wasn't time. I'm not going to lie to you. I have cried out to God and said, why not now? My children are raised. They're all adults. I've got a couple of good grandkids. I love that. I know you can take care of my family. Can I please come home? I have cried and cried and cried that to God. And he said, no. I have work for you to do. Stay at it. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to stay at it. Not trying to depress you. I just want to end this year asking you, what's the evidence that would convict you that you're walking with Christ? Because you say good words? Because you wear pretty clothes? Because you show up to church on a Sunday morning? Or do you open up your Bible in the morning and say, Lord, I just need to be with you. And when the Lord says, I need you to go to jail and I need you to go feed these people and I need you to be a part of this and it's time for you to get plugged in. We say, sign me up, Lord. I'm here. Or is it too inconvenient and you can't be bothered at this time? We've got things to do. You know, 2018 has been a year for some people in this church. It has been. Some things have happened to you. 2018 has been a great year for people in this church. Wonderful things happened to you. But sooner or later we have to ask ourselves, but why are we looking back? We can see, and it doesn't hurt us to remember, it doesn't hurt us to recount what God's done in our lives, but at some point we have to stop and say, stop looking back. And I want to encourage you in that. You aren't going that way. Bad things happen to you. But listen to me. It's not your identity. It is not your identity. Somebody hurts you. That's not who you are. Don't live there. We are going to go forward if God tarries. We are going into 2019. And I want to encourage you to not look back. Let that go. Some of you have been dragging a bitterness for 20 years, and it is time for you to let it go. Some of you have been dragging a church hurt. And and, and I'm just going to tell you right now, I would sit down and talk with you, and, and, and I would like to find out, is it a legitimate one? Or did you get challenged because of sin in your life and you're using that as church hurt see but even if it was real church hurt how long do you want to drag it I asked the elected officials on Friday when I got to pray over the people in Madison County that got elected into office I said we live in tumultuous times difficult times Just like Israel did when they were getting ready to leave Egypt thousands of years ago. And Moses went down to the elected official, to the birth official. He went down to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, get these frogs out of here. And Pharaoh asked him a question. He said, how long do you want to live with the frogs? When do you want me to make the frogs go away? And you know what Pharaoh said? Tomorrow morning. He could have said Moses get him out of here right now and God would have done it but instead he said to do you really want to spend your life sleeping with the frogs of bitterness sleeping with the frogs of yesterday sleeping with the frogs of who hurt you sleeping with the frogs of the knowledge of who you hurt when you can do something about it and move on How long do you want to live with the frogs of yesterday? Because I'm telling you right now, I believe in a God that when he said, I go before you to prepare a place for you so that where I am, there you will be also. He's going to blow the trumpet and I'm going home. But he's already in my 2019. He's already preparing a place for me in 2019. He has already seen people get saved at the vineyard in 2019. He's already seen your new job, your new spouse, your new opportunity, your new bills paid, your new children healed from their diseases and their addictions. He has already seen it and he's waiting for you to walk into it and let go of 2018. Because 2018 isn't coming into 2019 with you and I. Jesus was going to heaven. Our failures are not our destination. They are only our teachers. And that's it. Our failures are only our educators. Am I going to heaven? Are you going to what about my lifestyle says so. This is what Jesus said as he walked along the road over and over and over again. Come, follow me. Come. And for you and I today, pick up your Bible and read it. Look at what Jesus did. And as you spend time with him on a daily invitation, on a daily opportunity, take time to do it. Because you know somebody that needs forgiveness from you. you. You know somebody. You know somebody that needs help from you. And I would encourage you, it's time to let go of 2018. It really is. And I believe that God wants something good for you. These people are up here to pray for you. If you've got something from 2018, and it hurt. Somebody drove a wooden stake right through your heart, whatever that stake is. Could you leave it up here today? Can you believe that God has already gone into your 2018 and he has got something in store for you? Because if he's not coming back today, there's a reason and you're part of it. These people are up here to pray for you. So as we go into this song, you come up here and whatever it is you're dragging, bring it up here and throw it down. And you people that are up here praying, you pray that they leave it here, that they are cleansed of whatever it is that is just besetting them so that they can enter 2019 fresh.